Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello, and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a pigeon fancier, and I love film. As Benjamin Disraeli once said, youth is a blunder, manhood a struggle, old age a regret. And despite being an intelligent person, I genuinely struggled to understand the plot of Spike Lee's Inside Man. Every week, I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, and then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. And this week, my guest is the brilliant comedian and writer, it's Mr. Matthew Crosby. I chose him because it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's, everyone. Valentine's Day, a wonderful time. If you're single, it makes you feel panicked that you should be in a couple and if you're in a couple it makes you feel panicked that you got buy something for someone oh god anyway happy valentine's hope you'll enjoy it as much as i do i'd like to thank those of you who came to the bfi live show with lolly adafopi god it was a brilliant night what a crowd come again i'll be doing the next live podcast on april 7th at the brighton podcast festival i suggest you get your tickets fast because my guest for that one is a right proper one Follow me on Twitter at Brett Goldstein and on Instagram at Mr. Brett Goldstein to keep up to date with all live shows and my stand-up gigs. If you do enjoy the show and you want to support it more and get more content, please come and join me over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get extra guest questions, videos, guest list tickets, recommendations, all sorts of stuff. This week there is a full extra 20 minutes with Matthew where we discuss a lot of things including boogie nights, long takes and why Marky Mark Wahlberg is wrong about that film. And best of all, if you do become a Patreon member, you don't even have to hear this bit about becoming a Patreon member. I cut it out. You get the whole episode completely unencumbered by ads and bits like this. Give it a look over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, here we go. Episode 31. Matthew Crosby is one third of Pappy's sketch group. He's a very successful writer, he's a brilliant stand-up in his own right, and he's also one of the nicest men on the comedy scene. I chose this episode for the Valentine's one because, frankly, I think it's the sweetest one. Have a listen to it and see if you don't want to marry Matthew. I know I do. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 31 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. I am your host, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by a living legend of comedy. He is a writer, 
He is a sketch writer. He is a sketch performer. He is a panel showist. He is a panel show writist. He is a script writer. He is an actor. He is a stand-up. And he is part of one of the greatest sketch groups in the world. Please welcome to the show, Mr Matthew Crosby. I'm going to clap as well because otherwise... Awkward. Yeah, it'd be weird if Thank you so much for having me though, Brett. Thank you very so much nice for coming here. to my house. It's I'm... really good. It's funny actually because you say you said hello mm. and you made eye contact to me. So I was mm. about to say hello back. Yeah. And it's not that's not hello that's for me. Not the... It's for the audience listening at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not the rules of this. <laughs> it's not the Don't rules. you dare say hello to me. I, you went hello and I, hello. <laughs> I went, like my, my instinct is to say hello because yeah. I'm a polite, well brought up young very, man. Very polite. Um, I'm delighted to have you. I've wanted to have you for a while. Thank you so much. The feeling's thanks mutual. Be- thanks for being here. Yeah, um, it's great to be here. How's your? How's your? How's everything? Everything's going well. I want to ask you before we get started. Yeah. Do you have a pet, or is that small ball in the middle of the room? That small sort of spiky ball. Yeah. Is that something you you roll around under your foot to sort of like as an exercise type thing? Yeah, that ball is for me. That not, ball's not for my you. Pet. <laughs> My pet don't get any treats. Doesn't get the ball. No. What do you What do you do with it? Is that just a way of sort of stretching? Do you want to go stretching out muscles? Do you want to go while we do the podcast? Um, yeah. Do I have to take my clothing off? Yeah. Because I'll only yeah. do it if that's the you case. You have to take all your clothing off. Let's start moving around. Not the Not the first time okay. I've used this trick. Uh, take your shoe off. Okay. Put it under. I mean, right. this is. Oh, it's. You know what? Uh, now, just to describe, it, it looks like a kind of puffer fish. Yeah. An inflated puffer fish, but it's uh, perfectly spherical. It looks like in Little Mermaid when the and why that blowfish blow. Oh, that blowfish blow. Yeah, yeah. and it pop, pop, pops up. Yes, that's exactly. Now I've got this in the arch it's, of my foot. Yeah. And I've ha- I've recently had a little bit of foot trouble, so right. this is actually working. Working one. Roll it about. So if, if you get a if you get a particularly relaxed <laughs> podcast performance out of me, that's the yeah. reason. It's the blowfish. It's the blowfish under the foot. Um, Harder than I expected it to be. You expect it to be soft. It looks it's, like you'll you'll squeeze it and you'll go exactly like no, a dog's toy, but it's not. It's actually quite painful. This um, is great, though. Anyway, welcome to this special episode where I'll be torturing Matthew <laughs> during it, the questions willingly, uh, <laughs> Matthew. Yes, mate. Do you like films? I do actually like films. Do you? Yeah, oh, yeah I do God. like films. When I was, I mean, I did films at university. Did you? I did film studies at as the your university. Ma- as your Kent. main? As, uh, so it, was a, it was a joint honours. So I did English, literature and film studies. Brilliant. So not, not, my, not my main, but not a side dish either. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did you, did, I did film studies. How did, you, how did you enjoy it? Because, I mean, I didn't, it wasn't filmmaking either. It was like no. watching films and writing essays about them. Yeah. Uh, how did you enjoy it? I absolutely hated it. Uh, but, but in fairness to the uh, establishment where I did it, which I think they, they're all the devil. Right. But, but it was partly my fault for not necessarily having done the research because it was named the number one film course in the UK. So I was like, I've got to go was there. Was that the actual name of the university? Yeah. <laughs> number one film course in the UK, edu. That, that sounds good to me. But it turns out it wasn't filmmaking. It was critical analysis. Right. And I found so much of it unbelievably pretentious and sort of uh, uh, but in hindsight looking back there are things that I gained from it yeah but I just felt like they didn't like anything that was enjoyed there was yeah and I think that's true the the films they but it 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 gave me a a greater 
sort of breadth of knowledge. Yes. So I would never have watched a film by Ozu if it weren't for that, or I wouldn't have, you know. I, That's it, true. Even like, even like Amer- a contemporary American cinema, because I took some pretty mainstream courses. Right. So I did like contemporary American cinema. They, uh, I saw uh, Robert Altman's Nashville Great. as a result of that, which I would never have seen, I don't think. Uh, and I couldn't believe it. I loved it. Yeah. And I got to see it, you know, a, a print of it on film. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. They also had a great uh, feature in the library, which was um, they had. Now this is gonna this is gonna age me. They had uh, everything on VHS, so oh, you wow. could go in and you could pick loads and loads of films. And the way they got this incredible library of VHS, which apparently educational institutes are allowed to do, is they just taped more of the telly. No so way. not only did you get to watch you know Mean Streets, but you also got to watch it when Channel Four showed it, yeah, broken up every twenty minutes with adverts from you know wow. like. I mean, probably only about five years earlier than I was at university, but still pretty exciting to see old adverts. <laughs> so this is like a, a shit blockbusters. It's like your... a shit blockbusters, but an amazing blockbusters. You would go yeah. and you couldn't take them out. You had to go and sit in a little room full of other people in front of TV screens with headphones on, wow. and you would get a little remote control. You could fast forward through the adverts. I didn't. <laughs> That's what you were there for. Fast, mean fast forwarding through Mean Streets. Do you remember when it used to be called Marathon? Look oh at this. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Jif and then Sif. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the course, but I was not good. I recently found one of my old essays mm. that was about the movie, the Michael Crichton movie Coma. Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have. With uh, Genevieve Bujold. Oh, maybe. I remember Michael Douglas is in it. Michael is, Douglas is, is, is Genevieve. She's the lady. I failed the Bechdel test straight away there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I remember Mike Douglas being in it. Yeah, and um, early film for him. Early, yeah, possibly his first. Could be, could After be. Back when he went from, from being on yeah. the telly. Yeah, Go on. but um, I read the essay. I found the essay recently because mm-hmm. I'm terrible for like never throwing stuff away, and this has like compelled oh, me to throw stuff away because <laughs> I found it. I was like, oh, maybe one day I'll want to, you know. I'll have forgotten all this knowledge I accrued. I'll go back and I'll read my old essays. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was tidying up and I found an old essay. And I didn't know what I was talking about. I really, you know, like what when, was your hot take on coma? Um, now I'm trying to think of. Well, I knew. I wish I could remember the actual question, but I knew straight away that I didn't understand the question. Was because I started with the phrase "the reason why," and then just did the whole quote again that I was supposed to be proving. And it's like the the, the, the uh, phrase, you know, it'll always be a, it'll always be like a quote, and then yeah. you know, how, to to what degree do you agree with this or whatever, you know. So uh, I just kept, constantly kept using phrases from the question. Like every just paragraph was basically cut and paste from the question. Uh, and then me going, uh, I remember that bit where like, uh, you think uh, you think she's uh, she's okay because the anaesthetist says she is and she isn't. She's actually dead. Remember that bit? <laughs> like, like, so it was, I didn't, I wasn't. What uh, did you get? What was your grade? I got a very respectable 2-1. But I think as well, even for that, I probably got something in the region of like a kind of, 60 percent 61 percent i wish i could go back to my university you mm. know aged person and go if you tried just a tiny bit like not a lot harder <laughs> just a tiny bit harder yeah. if you stop cutting and pasting if so you, much, yeah if you just try and use your own language try you spend a bit less time on the adverts a bit more time <laughs> on the films and the books and you might actually yeah you might get something out of this. You know the day that I like had enough of my course and I like I walked out of a seminar. I mean, I had so many. I don't many... know that day, but I hope well, you'll tell me. No, that's it. Is that research I was supposed to have done already? <laughs> yeah. That's the first question. Do you know that day? <laughs> I don't remember that day, Brett. Uh, I was in a seminar with this uh, teacher, professor, is that what we call them? Anyway. Sure. I had 
zero respect for this man. And in the in the seminar, we were doing Spielberg, who who sort of was slagging off all over the shop. Oh, and no. he said his his line was Spielberg makes paedophilic porn. And I I was like, does he go on? Yeah, I've not known this. He said because there's so much imagery of scared children in his films. And I put up my hand and I said, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 Who here is thinking that? Who amongst us was thinking when they were watching those children scared in Spielberg films? Yeah, that's one like, of those moments. You are there. That's one of those moments where you, where you say a little bit too much about what you're yeah. into. <laughs> you are. You reveal everything. I sort of wanted to report him. I was like, you, you know, that you're... little girl in Schindler's List in the red coat. Did anyone else get a very hard horn watching that? It's disgusting. Isn't it? It's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> he should be. He should be locked up. Um, so, oh, Matthew. Yes. What? Oh fuck! I've forgotten to tell you. What's happened? Oh shit! This is bad. I should have told you when you got here. And it's awkward because we've been having a nice time and you've been rolling your foot and probably feeling good about yourself. And I don't know how, how you're going to take this. I guess I've just got to say it. <clears throat> I don't know what you're feeling around this, but basically, I'm sorry, you, you've died. I've died? you died, yeah. But I've never felt so, <coughs> so alive. Well, that's, that's, yeah, part, that's it. Well, there we go. How um, did you die? I feel really bad. I hope, I mean, I don't know because I'm dead. Yeah. So I, don't, I, I wasn't there for that, for that bit. Uh, and I'm no well, longer we've got conscious. a video of it. Oh, you've so got a video? What, what's ha- what happens? Well, I... One of my favourite ever news stories I read... Yeah. And it's sad, because obviously someone dies in it. Mm. Spoiler alert. But it's on also... The on the upside. <laughs> I think this is possibly the funniest way you can die. Go on. Um, I read a story about a man who died yeah. by falling out of uh, a window yeah. uh, of his flat, an open window of his flat, um, but not before he shouted at some girls across the street, hey, get a load of this, got his knob out, waggled it at the girls, and in doing so, fell out the window and impaled himself on some spikes. Oh now, even in the newspaper when this was printed, they had no idea how to, how to report this story. Yeah. Is it the... Funniest thing that's ever happened, or the most horrific thing that's ever happened. And what I want to know is, I if I was one of those poor, unfortunate girls who's yeah. suffering from the harassment of having a man wiggle their their penis, which bit? They must be going. Which bit does he mean? Get a load of? <laughs> was it the wiggling, or was it the fact he was going to impale himself on some spikes? I also think when they're in therapy, the the, the their brains were sort of going. Which bit do I take trauma from? <laughs> There's so much to choose from in that in that minute. But wow, yeah, that's... so so I didn't die that way because oh. I'm not I'm not a harasser. But I read no. that story again and laughed myself to death <laughs> and fell out a window. And fell out a window and impaled myself <laughs> on a spike. Yeah, you're the second death by spike. Ricky Gervais uh, also did he go got, spike as well? Got a spike up the ass went through his mouth. Oh, they used to do that to people, didn't they? They'd, they'd like tie him up and like let a yeah. bamboo grow all the way through you. Yeah. Oi, no, thank you. So you were nice and quick, story. please. And it went what straight through your head. I read this. I read the story, and I fell out the window and landed on a spike, and it just went through my stomach. Okay. Right. Oh, it's your stomach. That's a that's a slow. Mm, that's a slow one. Slow. Yeah, murder. let's go straight through the head. It's just so one, through landed... each, one through each eye, maybe one in the ear. <laughs> okay, so it's a sort of three D spike. <laughs> the spikes are quite close together, Brett. Let's not overthink it. Okay. Oh, well, were there lots of ladies watching? 
No, 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 no one else has been traumatized by this. Okay, great. Only the person filming it for your podcast. Right. And they were they were checking their phone at the time. Um, they just set the camera running. It's a lot. If off you'd shot. like to see this footage, join Patreon. <laughs> Five pounds a month. We'll send it to you. Uh, what is? Uh, how do you feel about death? Is it something that worries you? Like I think I fear aging more than I fear death. Right. I think that's the scary bit, isn't it? Because you're alive for that. Yeah. Um, the death bit, I don't want to die prematurely because I have uh, a family, you know, I have... Uh, an my, amazing cat. I have my cat, my, my wife first, let's start with the wife. Sure, but the cat. Um, my, my, my darling wife and my darling cat, mm. and they need to be looked after. And I love them very much, and I think that would cause... I mean, I think Cosmo, my cat, would get over it within a couple of days. Yeah. But I think... I think Charlotte, my wife, would spend a bit more time three days. mulling over it. Yeah, she it would take her at least at least a fortnight. I thought okay. I think that's before she's before she's willing to uh, join the cat in to love again. <laughs> uh, okay, um, I'm going to switch foots. Okay, he's moving on to foot number two. How's go. foot one feeling? Foot one is feeling great. Don't think I didn't spot that I used the word foots. <laughs> to describe feet. Uh, Just uh, in case. Oh, he did a film degree, did he? Yeah. yeah. Makes, makes sense. Did the film degree... Didn't do, didn't do the full English degree, I see. <laughs> the day they did plurals, he wasn't there. He was too busy watching uh, Godfather Part 3. <laughs> the seven-hour version with 24-hour break. <laughs> the ex- yeah, yeah. I don't need it on this foot. Quick question. Yeah. Have you used those film studies degrees for any work? Do you think it's coming handy in your life? I, I wrote and then appeared on a film show for BBC Three. Yeah. Uh, great movie mistakes. Oh I right, remember that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, who's to say uh, whether or not I needed to know terms like mise en scène in order to uh, in order to, to to mention that a boom was in shot? Mm. Uh, well, perhaps it was part of the mise en scène. Perhaps it was part of the mise en scène. Um, I yeah, did, have I, no. Apart from that, so I did, I did, I, I did a couple of series writing on that, and then I uh, Pappy's hosted one episode or one sort of series mm. of it, um, but. No, it would be a stretch to say I've used it. Have you used yours at all? I mean, I guess you've. Uh, this you've, is it. You've I made think it films, has, haven't you? Yeah. yeah, I think in some way, as much as I resented it at the time, some of it has gone in. Some of it sunk in. Some yeah. of it sunk in grudgingly, and uh, I guess uh, you know. The th- I tell you what. In all seriousness, the film Vertigo. I love the film Vertigo. I think it may be one of the greats. Yes. And I think I learned that from the course. Stuff like that, I go, do you know what? I, it makes me feel a certain way, Vertigo, and that is through the learning I did of it. So sure, sure. So it's given you sort of a sort of technical appreciation. Yeah, and, and I guess how to read films and, I yeah. don't know. I'm sure there's a lot I got from it. And how to, you know not make paedophilic uh, porn dinosaur films. So who did this guy like if he was anti-Spielberg? Now, I, again, I, like, I, I, I mean, I think Spielberg's great. Sure. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. I recently went to Universal Studios Singapore. Oh, how is that? Uh, it's great. But they've got, um, you know, in Universal Studios proper, they've got the yeah. backdraft experience. Yeah, I love that. They've got a very similar thing where it's hosted, instead of host, being hosted by Ron Howard, it's hosted by Spielberg. And... Um, He's somebody I've, like, even his face mm. reassures me. Yeah. He's just got, like, you know, when I see him there with his, like, weak chin uh, <laughs> hidden behind a beard, him and George Lucas, both big beard adopters for hiding the weak chin. Uh, and, you know, his, like, slightly weird, like, he's just, 
He's got like, a, you know, he's got those like weird lips and he's like, hey, everybody. It's, it's like, a yeah. really good impression <laughs> that we can't see. Well, hey. it's, but yeah, facially, the sound, yeah. the sound's not like Spielberg, but the face, the face looks like him. You look like him. And, uh, and then I, I find that very reassuring. He, he mm. talks you through, it's basically like a, a new, there's like a New York Harbour and it, uh, it shows all the special effects they would do if they wanted to make it seem like there was a, a typhoon hitting yeah. the harbour. Uh, you know, with things exploding and a boat falling from the sky. And splashing it gets hot. It really stuff. feels it gets hot, really, really hot as well. That. Great, hmm. great fun. But I just find him, uh, on the on the plane over, I watched that big, long documentary about his, uh, yeah. his films, which is it's great, isn't it? amazing. And he's one of these people, and this, this is true in stand-up as well, mm-hmm. of people who do something outrageous that pays off. Yes. You know, like, in the way that everybody goes, you know, like, loads of terrible comics say, well, Eddie Izzard died for 10 years before he found his voice. And you're like, yeah, but you're never going to fight. Look, just stop now. You're not that person. Yeah. In the same way that, like, there's the story that, was it, uh, it must have, was it the Universal lot? He, like, or the Paramount lot? He, yeah. He just walked Stole onto one office. day and just, like, squatted in an office until, and, like, for every one Steven Spielberg, yeah. there must be tens of thousands of total nutbars. People who are absolutely hat stand, who are just true. strolling around in lots, going, "Well, Spielberg did it. I've got a weak chin. Surely that's enough." It's like, yeah, but you haven't got a duel in you. You haven't got a, yeah. a jaws in you. I've always wondered about that. And often you hear stories like Hollywood stories where they go, "The guy, you know, the the, the big exec will go. The guy just was calling me twenty times a day, and I thought, you know what? I got to give him a chance." And I always think, I'd be like calling the police. <laughs> yeah, what that's not mean? my experience. Of, yeah. of even like low level showbiz that yeah. you know if somebody calls you 20 times a day mm. you know you don't want to work with them you just stop you just stop answering their calls you change your number I've been both I've been on both sides of that <laughs> I'm lying I've only been on one side of that I've <laughs> made 20 calls I've made 20 calls <laughs> uh, I've made 20 calls and still Spielberg got to make the film <laughs> uh, do you think there's an afterlife or any such thing I think a lot about this um, oh, good. and I can't I can't imagine there is hmm. for my you know to my mind it's going to be just like before you were born I think that's how it's going to be and how is that I don't know all right see that's you know what I mean like I, yeah. I wouldn't it be amazing if I could tell I you exactly. I wish you had a story <laughs> it's quiet no. but uh, yeah I mean move about I could do with a bit more room <laughs> seems like I'm growing every day yeah. um no it's before got, it's I was got a nice beat to before, it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a regular supply of food. It's warm. <laughs> um, I yeah, no, I, I I don't know. It's impossible. But it also, like, I, I mean, I do think a lot about it, but it's sort of it's pointless thinking too much about it because there's no way you can wrap your head mm-hmm. around the the notion. I can barely say the word feet. Don't turn to me for don't turn to me for what's uh, is there an afterlife, Brett? Well, guess what? Hot shot. There is. Holy Surprise! Cow. Oh my god, I'm so pleased. There's a heaven, and it's not like before you were born. Please it's, tell me it's a half pipe. <laughs> there's a half pipe. Do you remember heaven is a half pipe? <laughs> of course, there's a half pipe. They're Thank everywhere. God. That's how people travel about. Just from one place, just and half then back piping. to the same place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off to the bedroom and then back to the main room. <laughs> but in this heaven, this half pipe heaven, yeah, they love film. They're obsessed with film. Great, and not in a shit way either. And uh, all they want to do is know about your life, but through film. Okay, what's the shit way? Thinking that... Like, yeah, yeah, just going like, fucking Jurassic Park, it's fucking horny, isn't it? 
what about um what is the first film you remember seeing well i can tell you what i think was my first cinematic experience right and that was going to see pinocchio which disney one the disney the disney version of pinocchio so this is when um I guess they must have just kept, like, because at the time I thought it came out, you know, in whatever yeah. that would have been, 1986 or 7, um, when I, when I yeah. went to see it. But uh, I, I guess it's probably from more like the, the 40s or the 50s. So I went with my little brother, mm. my granddad took us, and uh, I remember it scared the shit out of us both. It's so it's dark. such a terrifying movie. Yeah. And it's such a sort of moral movie as well. And as a good little Catholic boy... Already, even at that stage, you know, I was... Um, so if I was six, I wouldn't have gone to my first confession yet. But, like, you know, Catholicism is all about sins oh, yeah. and, and, and not transgressing and the consequences of sin. You see why I don't believe it's an afterlife? Um, <laughs> it's all starting to click into place. Yeah. And so when the, the scene where they go to... Um, uh, is it Pleasure Island they yeah. go to? And, uh, and smoke cigars. They smoke cigars and they drink beer and they have a great time. And then... One of the kids who's obviously smoked a few more, like his, like Pinocchio's best friend, mm-hmm. smoked a few more cigars, drunk a bit too much beer. Uh, he starts turning full on into a donkey yeah. in a hot. Like I would put it up there. It's like, like American it's, Werewolf. It's scarier than American Werewolf. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's scarier than American Werewolf um, because there's real terror. And like he keep, you know, he turns around and he sees he's growing a tail mm. and he kicks backwards like a donkey wouldn't smashes a mirror. Yeah. You know, it's like proper uh, uh, like Apocalypse Now type stuff. He's like really like terrified by his own image. So it's got body horror. It's yeah. got the idea of, of, of An kind American of... American donkey in Pleasure Island. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's, so dark. And, and I remember turning to my little brother, who is younger than me, by 18 months he's younger than me, yeah. and he was literally crawling up the back of the seat <laughs> to get out. We were sat right near the front of the cinema, and I remember thinking, oh, right, at least there's somebody who is more terrified. Like, he's younger than me. He's probably four and I was six, uh, but more terrified than me. And... Uh, yeah, and I remember it being such an exciting thing to go there, and I loved everything about it, like, you know, getting a drink and sweets and all that kind of thing, and, you know, getting to spend some time with my granddad, who I, I love very much, and was like, always made me laugh so much, and then just feel, like we watched the whole film, right? and then just felt totally, like, kind of bereft afterwards. Oh, wow. And then years later, when um, my younger brother, who's got two... Is it just the two of you? Two. There's, there's four of us, actually. Oh, wow. But, um, it, again, Catholic. Um, but... <laughs> When my young... are you middle? I'm oldest. You're the oldest so of four. Yeah, the eldest of four. Yeah. Oh. But when he uh, had his second uh, kid, I got to take the first kid like out because like him and his wife were like knackered and they just had a brand new baby, but they had a three year old. So I was like, I tell you what, I'll take their three year old uh, out to uh, to the pictures, get taken to his first cinema experience. Yeah. And uh, so I took him to not quite such a classic movie, Smurfs 3D. Okay. I took him to see the Smurfs and the whole way through the day. Also, there's a lot going on in this kid's head as well because he's just realised he's not the only kid in the family anymore. So there's a lot going on. He's having a tough day. But all through the day he complained. Uh, He made me carry him on his shoulders, which was exhausting because he was big, you know. You know, three is big, really. And, uh, And then we got probably, I'd say, 
a minute into the film when he when he was like, I can't handle this anymore. It was just too scary. It starts with a really scary scene where the Smurfs get chased by a cat. Right. And you've got your 3D glasses on and the cat's leaping out at you. Right. And, uh, yeah. And I, and you I, were crawling out the back of your I was, seat. I, it was, I, I, I couldn't handle it. No, but I, I, I took him out. I, I said, let's, yeah. let's go. And I think that is the, that's the reason why uh, our generation is failing. Because we're, we're we're weak and we let you know, like my granddad was dying of laughter watching the two of us oh, really? ourselves rather than <laughs> that's what that's what you need to make you sit there and you learn. You sit there and you watch it. No, he like he just found it funny that we were finding it so scary. Whereas I was a bit like, oh, you want to be a donkey? You sit here and <laughs> carry on smoking your cigar. <laughs> so um, yeah, right. I, I, it was. It so was, you gave him a minute. Did he say, "Can we leave?" He said, "He said, can we leave?" And I was like, "Let's watch a little bit more." And he was like, "I really, I really can't." So we were probably there for about ten minutes, right? And, uh, and then we sat in the foyer and ate some sweets and then I took him home. Did you wait for the others to come out and go, what happens? <laughs> what happens I, of course I went on IMDb and read the full synopsis. <laughs> I actually weirdly, like, I do have that a little bit with films. I'm surprised I didn't go back. During the Edinburgh Festival one year, 2002, I was up there doing a really awful play. What was the play? It was a play called uh, Tetragrammaton, I think, mm-hmm. and it was about the Bible. And uh, I was there doing this play. Acting, seriously. Acting, acting in a serious play. Right. It was on like 10.50 at night, which is not the time for a play about the Bible. And I went, you know, during the day I would go to the cinema sometimes and I went mm. to see Austin Powers' Gold Member. And I absolutely hated it. And I like the oh, Austin yeah. Powers franchise, but I think I just found it so, like, I, I just thought it had completely gone off the boil as a franchise. Um, and then halfway through the film, the cinema broke. And like it just but, just shut down, the screen oh, stopped, really? and they all came in and said, "Hey, everybody, I'm so sorry. Uh, we've had a, a technical fault, but you all get free tickets, and mm. you can exchange it for any film you want." Right. And I was probably about an hour and a bit into Austin Powers' Gold yeah. Member, and I still went back the next day and watched the rest of Austin Powers' Gold Member just because I was like, even though I was hating it, I want to yeah. give it a fair crack of the whip. So I feel like there's unfinished business with Smurfs 3D. <laughs> I've got to go back to it. <laughs> got to go back. Does the cat get them? Austin Powers, gold member. Yes. On the DVD, there is an extra. There is a scene that was cut from the film, and it is a sort of montage music video that was to happen in the middle of the film. You know the song, What's It All About, Alfie? Yes. And it's What's It All About, Austin, and it has Michael Caine, it has everyone in it. Oh, wow. And genuinely, I think it's fucking brilliant, and it's a deleted scene, and I recommend you look it up. It's so beautiful, it'll make you cry. And the only reason it was cut from the film is that when they were previewing it, people didn't recover from it, because it was so moving that they didn't laugh again. Oh, wow. It sort of did them in. It was like the, the opening of Up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was like whacking the opening of Up in the middle of an Austin Powers film. That's... But it's, be- it's genuinely beautiful, have a look at it. I wish that had been in there now. I think yeah, that would have been great. useful, because I wasn't laughing up to that point. It's like when Love is Gone being cut from Muppet Christmas Carol. It's like, it's too much. Yeah. Too yeah, much. you need... Too much? Yeah. You need to be kind to your audiences. You can't emotionally... But I think it should be there. Abuse them. There, I said it. Okay, well, I'll check it's it out. It. I'll look it up. Um, what is the film that scared you? Is there any film that scared you more than Pinocchio when you were six? Well, I think because my brother was there, like, I wasn't, you know, it, it didn't terrify me. There's a few films that... You pulled that, out a cigar. Yeah, cool. I, just, I just tried to, tried to sell it out. That's always good. It's good to have someone else who's just yeah. who's every bit as scared. I remember actually again family. I was in. I went to see what was it called? Like it was about someone who could. Oh, it's called Frailty. Oh remember yeah, that movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I went to see it with my dad. Right. And there was a bit where it was so scary that we held hands. No. Yeah. And that's <laughs> no. not a scary film. 
me and my dad holding hands. We were so scared. Um, How old are you? Well, here's the thing. We can work it out if we work out when Frailty came out. <sighs> I'm going to say it came out... It's 98, I'm guessing, around then. 99? I might, it might be later than that. It might be 2000. 2003? So I was born in 1980. You do the maths. So yeah, in 18 or 19, possibly... <laughs> Possibly even older. Have a have a look. Should we have a look now? Let Go me just on. turn my turn my phone in and we'll we'll have a have a quick check. That's wonderful. But yeah, imagine that. How often do you hold your dad's hand? I've held my dad's hand a few times. Mm. One time when we when I was working at the same bank as uh, as him, he what? he was like a he, yeah. Well, well, hang on a sec. That's not the whole story. I didn't walk in. <laughs> didn't walk in in the morning. holding his hand. We got so hammered at, at work's drinks that. Um, he found me like asleep on the toilet like I was that I was that drunk but he was hammered as well but anyway he he sobered me up and we walked home but we were so pissed walking down the strand that we had to hold each other's hands to not fall over that's so sweet it is adorable isn't it so um right let's see how old was Matthew Crosby when I was 21 it was 2001 21 years old 21 years old holding his dad's hand at the cinema in a film that isn't really that scary not a scary film (laughs) just just felt like holding it there. But then I think, like, I've, I've, I've got, like, I've got a... I'm getting a better tolerance for scary films. When I was very little, <clears> I, I just hated the idea of any horror films. Didn't like the idea of any horror films. Right. So when... You know, like, sometimes they would... Like, it was an after-school thing one day. And uh, it was, like, during, like, rag week or something at school. And there was, like, different events after school. And one of them was, like, film club. And they had, like, two films. I can't remember what, what the other one was. But one of them was Evil Dead. Great. And I think it may have even been Evil Dead 2. So, like, the funny the fun one, one. But I didn't know because I was yeah. 15 or 16. And um, they said, which one does everyone want to watch? And everyone was like, Evil Dead, Evil Dead. And I was like, no, 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 let's make it the other one. Let's make it, let's make <laughs> it Herbie Goes Bananas. <laughs> you know, whatever it was. And everyone was like, Evil Dead, Evil Dead. And I was already in my seat, like, sat with all my friends. And I just sort yeah. of went, oh, do you know what, actually? I'm just not, just not bothered about, not bothered about this. Like my stomach just like churning and just you know I'm just not I don't feel like uh just really you know just a bit boring. <laughs> no, I think about it, but actually, of course, I was just terrified of, of seeing Evil Dead. And I remember when I was 18 on my 18th yeah. birthday, I worked in a video shop, and so I just said like I'm gonna I'm gonna watch a bunch of 18 rated yeah. horror films and see what they're like. And the first one I watched was Nightmare on Elm Street. Is it five? Freddy's New Nightmare. Freddy's New Nightmare is is oh. The one that's like postmodern. Yeah, the postmodern one. That's the seventh, sixth. Right. So it's sleep. deep into the franchise. They didn't start with the first one. I was like, I think it's seventh. I just rented whichever one that was like available in the horror section. Yeah. I was like, I'll watch a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. That was pre-Scream. Pre-Scream. Where Craven is. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he's like, I've been having nightmares again. Yeah, it's pretty. And good. I watched it and I was like, Oh, this is ridiculous. Maybe I can watch the first Nightmare on Elm Street. And I watched it. And I was like, Oh, this is ridiculous as well. Like it's got scary bits in it yeah but every like actual horror often looks so and also by this point i'd already watched films like jacob's ladder and stuff Mm. like that which are like genuinely terrifying because they're about sort of post-traumatic stress disorder and drug testing in in vietnam and so it was weird i had this idea that horror was really scary and now i now i quite like it did you and your dad ever talk about the hand holding no i feel like i should i should bring it up my favorite thing i don't know if i should i don't know like but it, we, didn't, we didn't afterwards walk out and be like, never talk about that to anyone. It wasn't like weird or awkward. We were just like, we're just like, oh, that was a bit scary, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've, I, I could hug my dad. I'm not like yeah, uptight no. around, my, around my dad. I can hold his. I think I, I, liked, I like holding my dad's hand, but now we don't. Because I don't know. My mum wants to hold my hand and I always feel a bit like, oh, don't hold my hand. It's embarrassing. Yeah. But if my dad wanted to hold my hand, I'd be up for it. 
but <laughs> I don't think he does. You could, could you walk? Could I could you take walk, him like, to see Frailty, see what happens. Get Rent Frailty, yeah. <laughs> Pop it on the Netflix queue. Do you think if you were walking, say, on a, on a like, say, on, the on, on a kind of country walk, would mm. you have to go on like a sort of, on like, you yeah. know, after... After Christmas, maybe around the festive yeah. period, you might go for a walk with your family. Could you ever throw an arm around your dad? You could do that, but holding a hand is very holding intimate, hands intimate, isn't it? I, I think I don't know what would happen. I might try it, see how he. Re- <laughs> but I think I'm sort of blushing even imagining it. Yeah, and also you don't want to be doing it to see how someone reacts. I feel like that's not a good reason to touch yeah. anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold it up in court. I think the best way to the best way to to do it is for it to happen organically, like it did, mm. you know. And it just happened. Yeah. How know? long did you hold? Because also, did how just long until the scary bit was over, right? And then you back yeah. in your back and then in your thigh. I, I went back. You know, I put my dick through the popcorn again and went. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, we, we, I don't know. I mean, I, I it was as, as long as it took to get. Through, but it didn't feel awkward. Moment. It wasn't like oh, we should. No, because it happened, it didn't happen like, I didn't go like, I didn't grab my dad's hand, yeah. we grabbed each other's hands. <laughs> but bear in mind, uh, you know, my dad to be recording a podcast right now going, oh, my son is such a pussy. <laughs> I took this, can you imagine frailty? Oh, Not gosh. even a horror, technically. Not even a horror. <laughs> just, a weird, just a weird film about Christian guilt. Yeah. I should, you know, well, I mean, that's, that's mum's fault, Christian guilt. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's, it was, I don't remember it being awkward at all. I love it so much. Do you want to hold hands for a bit of this? Yeah, uh, we could try, but I, what I'll do is let's not... Uh, Already, Brett, it. you're making it too weird. Yeah, if, yeah. If you wanted to... Forget just... it, and then if it happens, exactly. if it happens, it happens, it happens, it happens. Yeah. Uh, what is the film that made you cry the most? This one, actually, speaking of Michael Caine, mm. The Cider House Rules. Oh. Now... The reason one of my favourite books. Thank you. It's a. It's. I've never read the book. Yeah. But the sorry. film itself made me cry. And the worst thing about that was I was working at the cinema mm-hmm. that it was showing, and it made. What me, was the cinema you worked at? I worked at the cinema on campus, the, the Gulbenkian oh, okay. Theatre on campus. And at, sorry, what was the video shop you worked at? Was it? I worked at Apollo Video on Burnt Ash Lane. Yeah, great. An old Apollo Video. Yeah. Sorry. Back uh, to I you. also worked. Uh, briefly for the MVC, the Music and Video Club. Did you ever have one of those? Yeah, Nearby, okay. The loyalty cards? Yeah. So I worked at one of those as well, but they weren't a rental place. They were just a, a loyalty card-based shop that no one seemed to like. Like a library? No, it was the loyalty card got you a discount. So every CD oh, or yes, DVD okay. or whatever had two prices on it. And one would be way more than any shop was ever selling it for, yeah. and the other one would be the normal price, and that was the price we sold it for. <laughs> It's like, Good would you scale. like to buy this copy of Stephen King's here? You can either pay £27,000 or nine ninety nine. If you get our little card. But, um, and you card, pay for the card. The card costs nothing. I think oh, it was okay. a way of, um, uh, like, it, they were very, they're ahead of the curve. Back when, now we realise data is the most precious commodity mm. out there. To have somebody's data is the most valuable thing you can have of a person. Yeah. But uh, they were just ahead of the curve before all, you know, this is like, this would have been... Late nineties, okay, nineteen ninety-eight, maybe. So, sorry, you're so inside the house rules. I was yeah. working in the cinema, and uh, I loved going to see films. So, if you worked at the, the cinema, you got to see the films for free, and you also got a little bit of money. Or well, you might wait. Did you get money, or did you get more cinema tickets? Anyway, wh- whatever it was, okay. I was happy for the deal. And the opening scene of the Cider House Rules got me, and mm. I pretty much cried for the rest of the film. It's set in an orphanage, yeah, and. Oh god, this is it. Already I'm feeling sad. And the opening scene is prospective parents mm-hmm. walking around the orphanage 
And all, like the idea of like you don't know what's going on in the parents' lives, why they are adopting, you know, are, have they had their own struggles with fertility? They've got, a, like, immediately, there's so much backstory to them yeah. without, you, you, just by the fact of them being in that location, you know, well, there's so many questions mm. and so much emotion linked to them. They've decided to adopt, which is an amazing thing. And then there's all these little kids who are happy enough in, you know, they get a wonderful life in, 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 uh, in this orphanage, but ultimately they want to be part of a real family. Yeah. And so it pans along all the kids. And all of the kids try and do little things, little uh, affectations or little bits of flourish that will be like, pick me. Yeah. And so like one of them is like, uh, like uh, flattening down his hair to look presentable. Mm. Another one's got his two hands clasped together and sort of like praying like, oh, please pick me. And I just went really hard. Mm. I just, I think the idea of like, I, I'm obviously, you know, I don't know if this is coming across. I'm into family. Yeah. family is important to me and that the idea of not being part of a family or or just the fact there are people out there who are very lonely you know kids out there who are very lonely yeah. makes me feel incredibly incredibly sad it's really it's really heartbreaking okay. there we go see that was organic right yeah we just held hands and you know what i don't feel weird about don't it don't feel weird at all i felt joy it was good and it wasn't you know it wasn't out of out of fear well no. it's out of fear of being alone <laughs> it's out of a greater fear than just the scary horror thing yeah. um, um, but yeah so like when i was a kid the other uh, the song on um sergeant pepper's she's leaving home oh boy used to absolutely like we'd listen to sergeant pepper's mm. while we we're having our sunday dinner and I would hear that song and I would just like be so, I'd feel so physically sick I wouldn't be able to eat my dinner. I'd be like, oh God. And it, it's, it's a sad song, yeah. like musically, but it's actually a positive message because she doesn't, you know, she's an independent, she's like a young teenage kid who wants to move out from her, you know, a family yeah. of, of holding her back. But the, I thought the idea of, you know, moving away from home, mm. oh God, so terrifying. And the idea of someone not having a home, like... Yeah. Oh man, it really. But I remember having to to um, hold the door. You have to hold the door open as everyone comes out of the cinema. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have to take tickets, or I just have to tidy up, I guess. But I was still crying after That's, the film was yeah. over, so I was hiding behind the door, holding it open, <laughs> just sobbing. Thanks for coming. Oh, God. So sad. Can you cry in front of people? Is that a request? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to do it. Uh, um, no, I, I, yeah, I'm all right crying in front of people. Yeah, I think I'm okay. I'm okay. Quite emotionally open, aren't you? I hope so. I try to be. Mm. I don't like it. Like I've I've yeah. had work experiences where I've cried, oh. and that's not been fun. Like on stage, you mean? No, no. Like like at jobs that have gone badly, right? And I've taken myself. I've, I've cried off stage, but during a show. Really? Yeah. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I, 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 like I'm not. It's not like I'm not constantly. It makes it seem like I'm constantly crying. <laughs> Bear in mind, this is about 1997. I watched. Uh, no, it would have been about, about yeah. 2000. I watched so I had House Rules, um, but um, it sounds like I'm constantly crying. I'm not. I uh, was on stage in uh, Melbourne at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, yeah. and we'd just done the first sort of 10 minutes of the show, and I had to go off and change into costume. And I just, like, the gigs were going so badly and no one was in the audience. The people who were hated us so much. And we'd had such a nice time in Edinburgh, but we weren't comics. We weren't ready. Yeah. We just had a very successful Edinburgh that had taken us to Melbourne and we didn't have the chops to deal with bad gigs. So I just walked off and lay down backstage on the ground and just started to cry. Did you come back? And Ben Clark, Clarkie, uh, came to my aid. He came 
to my rescue. He knelt down next to me and he said, hey, I know we're having a tough time, but this is our job and we've got it. Like, this is Clarky as well, who is like, you know, like he was, he, he really went out to bat for me and I love it. He said, this is our job now and we've got to, uh, we've just got to get back out there and, you know, it, it, it's only an hour and we've just got to give them the best show they can because there are people out there who are enjoying it so you can't get put off by the, you know, he gave I me a little, spotted at least one. He gave me a pep talk, you know, the people out there who are enjoying it, they're called Tom, they're on stage at the moment. Um, <laughs> and the worst thing was, as he's doing this, yeah. he's dressing me in my costume and I was playing um, Abraham Lincoln. So he's putting a little top hat on me, like a little stovepipe hat. And our costume for Abraham Lincoln was a sock on elastic that I just tied around my chin so to make it like the half beard he had. And so he's putting this on me. This is your job. <laughs> and he's going, this is our job now. I was like, I used to be the teacher. He's like, yeah, I know, but you didn't enjoy that either. So come on, suck it up, mate. So yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Am I emotionally open or am I just a bit of a wuss? Hang on. You're a teacher. I was a teacher, yeah. So much going on here. What, what, what did you teach? Where, what, how? So I taught, I actually taught media studies for a bit as well, not the main subject. Um, but I taught uh, English and a bit of drama so how and old media you? studies to oh. 11 to 16 year olds. Bloody hell. And then I did a bit of supply, I did a bit of primary supply, because primary supply is, if you're doing supply, you want it to be kids who, you know, right. don't, like, don't want to get one over on you. Yeah. How did you, did you enjoy it? Uh, I enjoyed teaching, but I didn't enjoy being a teacher. Like, the, you know, I didn't enjoy any of the disciplinary side of it. Again, I was, you know, I was like 22 and hard to get authority in a classroom. And yeah, fuck. It was, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I loved, I loved like imparting knowledge, you know. Yeah. And it was, it was. When you got the, when you got the room on side and they were willing to listen to you, it was like a gig. I mean, they didn't find me funny or anything. I wasn't trying to make them laugh. But right. the idea that you've got this thing in your head that you know and they don't, that you want to impart to them. But I found comedy much I've met teachers who said to me, oh, it's so scary what you do. And I'm like, the, the, what you do is far harder and scarier. A, Absolutely. because you do it all fucking day, yeah. and I do maximum an hour. And B, if you get heckled by kids, you can't go, shut the fuck up, you cunt, or something. Well, also or as something well, equally brilliant. if you have a shitty audience, yeah. you never see them again. Whereas if, they're, if you're a teacher, you see them again tomorrow at 8.50 in the morning. Yeah. Awful. And then for the rest of the year, you're you're right. I don't. It's a, it's uh, unbelievably hard. I thought it was yeah, and I, like eight gigs a day, basically constantly, doing... constantly on. And also, what I, I was I'd started to do comedy about two years into teaching, so I was the the, right. the hours don't add up. So I was yeah. like rushing home. I was like the first, like it got noted at one point that one of the like heads of department said, "You're the first person out the door." Like, we, you right. beat the kids out the door. Like, when the bell would go. Like, you know how, like, you know how, like, when you you, you can tell it's almost time to go and you just start slowly putting your coat on <laughs> yeah. and packing. I was doing that. Oh, wow. But, like, so, like, uh, like even leaving I was halfway through a sentence, when the bell went, I was like, right, got to go. I had my bag on. I had my coat on. I was straight out the door. I was beating the kids out the door so I could go home and sleep. And then I'd get up and then uh, go to gigs. I've got an open spot in Leicester. Exactly, yeah. Like, you know, I've got to get a train to Peterborough or whatever Fuck. to do a gig for, you know, so I'd go home and sleep till about did, four or half four. Did you notice it affected your lessons, as in the more you were learning sort of comedy skills, how to deal with an audience, stuff like that? Did you find yourself slamming students more? Mm, yeah, no. All, I, all it made me realise was that I'm not very good when I'm tired. Oh. So I found I was... Getting losing my temper with them a lot more, right. so I did. I did like you say you can't swear at them. I did once swear at them, and wow. that was bad. What did you say? I said go fuck yourselves to the whole the whole class, and I feel awful because it's not their fault. And I still occasionally. How old were they? 
like year eights, like little, you know, 12, 12 year olds. You know what? Go fuck yourselves. And that, that was the end of the lesson. Bleep. And then you yeah, were out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had my coat on already. Hot to my skateboard. Boom, out of there. <laughs> Flicking the bees. See you later, losers. <laughs> wow. Um, Did yeah. you get in trouble for it? Yeah. Did you? All yeah. oh, right. Like there were some scary teachers. Uh, Jim Newser, who was one of the scary, like he walked around. He's like an enforcer. He walked around oh, in a big shit. leather trench coat and he would like, chat to kids you know he had a really good manner with chatting to kids yeah. but in a very scary way of going like hey listen that's not how we talk to people but you had to do that talk to, to me you. <laughs> and that wasn't good so I, I what i realized was that you know wow. if i don't have enough sleep i don't i get impatient and that's why like edinburgh is tough you know mm. because you often find yourself on stage being tired and it's yeah. an awful you know it's just impossible to make make those connections you need to make in order to make it when you said go fuck yourself to a room of 11 year olds yes did you immediately feel bad or was there a little part of you that went, yes? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. I think mm. I, I think there was probably a bit where like the, you know, like the, the adre- immediate yeah. flood of adrenaline, uh, that was probably happening. Right. But And then by the time think, you got on the bus, you were like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. By, the t- by the time like everyone Jim heard, Snoozer's going to be mad. Yeah. Jim Snoozer, I like Jim. his name? Jim, Jim Snoozer was his lazier brother. Jim Snoozer. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know why I corrected you because it should, it's not it's not really right to talk about strangers. Yeah, um, but he was uh, he was very good at his job, um, but uh, scary, a scary mm. man. And also, like he was he was absolutely right. There's, there's no yeah, but you don't know what they said to me. There's no you, there's no coming back from it. There's no there really back. be no, no there would be dickheads. There's no coming back from telling little kids to go fuck themselves. Jim Newser, Jim Newser is a great name for like the older dickhead brother in a John Hughes film. Yes. Right. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hello, my neighbour Maureen. What's this I hear about you getting a promotion at the office? Didn't you just get promoted last month? It's all thanks to Canva. I've been nailing every meeting with AI-powered Canva presentations. Isn't that Canva's AI slide generator where you just describe your presentation in a few words and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds? That's right. And to top it off, I use Magic Write, Canva's AI text generator, to perfect my points. Sounds brilliant, Maureen. No more copying and pasting from other programs. No more app switching. Can Canva Docs with Magic Write generate any text you want for work? Yes. Sales proposals, marketing plans, yeah. Meeting agendas, ratings of all 12 Muppet movies using the extensive point system that I developed at age 12. Anyone can save time with Canva's AI-powered tools. Generate your draft fast with Canva Docs at canva.com, designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbour, Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, what is the film that is meant to be bad? It's meant to be bad, most people don't like it, critically not acclaimed, but you love it unashamedly. You're sticking with it. Like, I like the later vacation movies in the National Lampoon Vacation series. Yes. But I also have a lot of time for what's basically a big advert funded by the Vegas um, sort of tourist board, Vegas Vacation. Oh, which I really? I watched it. I've seen bits of it. I've not seen the whole thing. It's got thing. some really amazingly funny, funny lines. Um, and That's a great it's not, it's not a, like, I know it's not a good movie, but it makes me laugh, so I don't care. 
that's my attitude to comedy. I, I want it to be my attitude to comedy. Is that I'm not snobbish. If you, yeah. if it's funny, then I will like. If it's funny and problematic, then we've got a different question. But like, if it's funny and naff, I'll still find it funny. <laughs> yeah. And some some of my favourite things are funny and naff. You know, um, I think it's Vegas Vacation where it starts with him driving around and he's listening to Good Vibrations and doesn't know any of the words to it. Is it Vegas Vacation or is that Christmas That's Vacation? Funny. So he's just, it's just Chevy Chase driving a car and singing. <laughs> <laughs> that guy goes high as him, but yeah. But yeah, it's basically him just sort of... <laughs> <laughs> and like i don't know like if that's a thing he how do you write that in a yeah. is that a thing he had already that like he was like oh i want to start the film like this or was it a thing i've shot my voice doing that mm. uh, but or someone someone said oh the, the opening scene is he drives around and sings good vibrations in a really high voice i just don't know how you get to a point like that yeah. and i find that kind of really fun and wallace sean is in it who oh, wow. you know from the prince bride and kind of my, my dinner with my dinner with what Andre? Is it Andre? Yeah, which I've not, I've not seen. But he's uh, like, I've, I've, you know, he's he's amazing, clueless. He's yeah. in that, and That's they, they go to answer. like he he lucks out at the casino, and then he goes to like the NAF casino. That's just it's like a, so it's like a like like a crap table, and the guy's got like his two hands out, and it's like which hands are in <laughs> left or right? Perhaps the hand. Oh, sorry, it's in the right hand. Like I lo- like so it's like, like that's a brilliant that's concept really just for a sketch. Yeah. And Wallace Shawn has got, uh, he's got a great line where, he, like, he's got these down to his last dollar. Yeah. Chevy Chase is down to his last dollar. He says to Wallace Shawn, I've got one dollar. What can I do? And he goes, I don't know. Buy a bullet and rent a gun? And it really makes you laugh. And when I was working at Apollo Video, I'd put it on every day and just have that on in the, because it's, I don't think there's any, like, swears or anything in it so you no. can play it to like the, the public and uh, I loved it that is a perfect answer and it has not been done on this podcast before second I'm really sessions. pleased um, do people ever go for like well it was panned at the time but I and like it's actually like a really like yeah, often but actually the really lobster I think has got yeah. a lot you know um, you really understood that question in a way that most people I like I like total crap I'm really into total crap what is the film that you used to love years ago. You loved it. I mean, you watched it recently and you've gone, oh dear. Well, I'm going to misinterpret this question deliberately. Okay, great. Um, because I, again, going back to Mike Myers, I watched Wayne's World probably when I was, so I watched it loads when I was a kid. Yeah. So when it came out in like 92, I think. Yeah, I was it. 12 and I had hair like Wayne. I used to wear the black Wayne's World cap. I got it, um, uh, where did I get it from? I think I got it free with like a magazine about Wayne's World. Yeah. So it's like a really cheap cap. I used to wear that and had that. And I remember seeing a photo of Mike Myers and being like, he doesn't have that hair. That's a wig. Oh my God. I thought he was white. Like I just yeah. couldn't divorce the idea. And then I remember watching it um, in my twenties mm-hmm. and going, I love this film. I put it on again and you go, oh, I've missed the joke that Wayne is a loser. Ah. And I had the same thing with Swingers as well. Well, like, yeah. I loved Swingers when that came out. Yeah. And I, I used to, again, did the same thing. I bought the oversized bowling shirts and wore a vest and stuff. And me and mm. all my friends would call each other money. Um, and then you realise, oh, no, you're not supposed to think those guys are cool yeah. guys. They're total losers who are desperate to shag women. And, and like, you know, their careers are going nowhere. They're just total. And I, I couldn't That's believe it when I, when I saw Wayne's World. 
I was like, oh my god, I've just completely kind of I based being a kid around you this to be being, wanting to be Wayne, and it's not an aspirational film. The idea is look at these dorks, yeah. and I couldn't like it was it was like a Hitchcock zoom went off in my mind, <laughs> like everything just suddenly spins around, and uh, it really made me go, oh right, oh that's it's a different film. You, I could have watched it, you know. I must have watched it a hundred times, you know, just constantly watching it all the time. Loved it, but. But oh, in its defence, yes, no, I know you're not yeah. saying it's bad, and I think this is a really wonderful answer. But there's an element of like my favourite thing, the Muppets, about it, which is yes, Wayne and Garth are sort of losers, but they succeed yes. and they're full of joy. Oh yeah, and they're sort of eternally hopeful, optimistic, and uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and, and they are the goodies in the film. Yeah. You know, like you know, um, if you look at Rob Lowe's character or Christopher Walken <laughs> in the second movie, they're definitely the baddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I think. But you're, I but think, that's you know, an interesting say, revelation. Say, say the scene when he's ordering the um, Chinese takeaway. Yeah. Um, when he says, I have the cream of some young guy. I think I thought, uh, I think I thought that's what I would do in that situation. And now I'm glad it isn't, even though it probably still is. <laughs> like, I think yeah. I would do that sort of thing yeah. in a, you know, like I would find that hilarious and high five my mate. Yeah. And I don't want to be that person, but right. the training's there. <laughs> Unfortunately, my brain was soft and malleable in yeah. 1992 and able to absorb things. It was taken in Wayne's world and, and going, that's, that's in the aspiration. That's Wayne's what, world and Vegas vacation. Yeah. What a double. <laughs> what a double. <laughs> uh, that's a really brilliant answer. Very uh, clever. Thank you, man. So, thank you. I'll dance again. <laughs> uh, we mustn't, if we say it, if we, we say it, exactly, yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. happen organically. Um, come on then, let's do this one. Okay. Come on then. It's lucky we didn't know how to answer this one. What is the film you found the sexiest? Thank right, you because I wrote a few of these down, actually. Thank you for so holding eye me, contact while me, I asked that. I, I'm happy to do it. Oh, yes. Well, I can tell you earliest <clears throat> sexiest. Okay. And that, this is, that's, it was weird. Because I think it was possibly my first, my first sexual awakening was right. happening. What happened? Watching a film, holding hands with your dad. Not holding hands with my dad. Okay. And I, as far as I remember, I was on my own watching this film. Okay. But it was Flash Gordon. Oh, okay. Yes. Go so, on. So let's. Jump, I'll, I'll tell you, then we'll talk about it. Is Let's, this your? You know, there's a sub question. No, because I've got a you worse got a one. one. For this. Oh, great. <laughs> go, go. Okay, go. Oh, don't you worry about that, mate. Um, it's the scene when he has been captured by Ming the Merciless. Yeah, and he is shirtless, mm-hmm. and he has a thing over his head, and he's bound by mm-hmm. his wrists and hanging. Yeah, like from the ceiling. Like I mean, no, at least his his wrists are shackled definitely, yeah. and he's uh, and he I think he may have his feet on the ground and he's hanging. But um, I remember watching that because she comes in and she's like, oh, my God, Flash, and like rubbing his body. Mm. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know which one of those two I want to be, but I want to be involved in some way. <laughs> and, I, and I remember, and, that, and it was the first, first time, I think, of like, oh, oh, this is something that, like, there's, there's something in that. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, that, I just remember that. That was, it stayed with me forever. And... I feel bad actually I did this, but in order, when you sent me these questions mm. that you're going to ask, I went and Google imaged, because I don't think I've seen Flash Gordon since that time when I saw it. Although right. I can remember it so vividly, I can remember you know, yeah. great moments in it, great swathes of it. Um, but I Google imaged the actual image, and you can't, you know, it's like a lit firework. You should never go back to it. 
You know what happened? It, it just, just went off. It's just not as sexy as I remember it being. Oh, okay. It's like a weird, slightly like you know, he's it's like a weird muscular guy, but not muscular by today's standards. Yeah. Mus- you know, like how like a just strong a strong man yeah. back in the day would be like soft all over, but yeah. triangular. Yeah. Not you know, there's no de- like no real definition. And um, that's so true. And uh, and he just looks like a normal bloke. He's not like, a, like you know, like, it, it, how handsome becomes. Like I think every like every, with every generation, it feels like we're really zoning in on what's attractive. So we're like, ah, 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 this is what a sexy person is now. And you yeah. go back to like the eighties, and you go, oh look at this nineteen-year-old person from the eighties. Mm-hmm. They look like they're about forty for start. They've got a big perm and huge shoulder pads, and we thought that was sexy. No, this is the new yeah. sexy. Um, so it's just, I, I regret looking at it because now I've got two images in my head. The one that I've had since a child of like the pinnacle of what is, what it means to be sexy, yeah. which is for some reason to be captured by somebody and then have somebody want to have sex with you, even though you're, you're captured and they're their slave. It's all a bit complicated mm. for a first, uh, you know, sexual kind of uh, memory. And then I've also got this other picture in my head, which is the thing I looked up on Den of Geek. <laughs> today which is in the afternoon which is just a weird slightly mm. triangular shaped man looking a bit miffed with some plastic chains that you know look like the sort of thing you'd get for a halloween it's party. almost like you've tried to reenact it in real life and oh, gone oh yeah yeah there's a quite... reason fantasy stay in the head yeah 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 you don't you don't try and role play i mean i haven't tried to reenact you've never that. tried to i've never um because presumably let's let, you know as someone who identifies as largely heterosexual uh, let's um, let's say I, I was to wait for my wife to go out, yeah. chain myself up, yeah. so that she, when she comes back and she sees me tied up, I can't imagine I would feel the feeling I would feel would yeah. be largely shame, and I and shame is definitely part of it. <laughs> yeah, but that's not that's not the thing I'm chasing. <laughs> that's not the hit. That's not the hit I'm after. Not pure shame. Yeah. Not after pure twenty percent shame. Twenty percent shame. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it should always be twenty percent shame in any really decent sexual experience. I reckon. I think twenty percent shame is my base level of existence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone sexual. Just, yeah. Just, just walking out. down the street. Yeah. Leaving the house. Yeah. I don't know, but it, I just remember that being a, a moment of real, of just like, oh right, something's clicked in my brain. Yeah. This is how things can. It's confusing and it's weird and it makes me feel strange, but I want to be part of it. How old were you? Oh, fuck, I was probably like eight. Okay. So, yeah, seven or eight maybe. And did you, ha- did you, you said there were a few. Was there another one or was that your answer? Oh, I was going to say, <clears throat> the, other, the other one I, I remember, like, but only because it's just r- made me laugh, was that I, I once went with my friends to see, there was a weird thing of like, I, I don't know why this happened and now I find it a bit strange, but like, Watching sexy stuff with mates, yeah. Like so, I would we, like we, we, me and my mates would all watch Trading Places, and we'd like we'd all be sat there with boners, not really knowing. Like, yeah. you know, we can't take them out. No. You couldn't go to the loo and deal with it because that's because that's obvious. Yeah. So it's just we just sit here and sort of get ourselves all hopped up, and but we all went to see Sirens. Um, ah, you know, Elman Fersen movie, um, which was basically Sorry, sold on the fact they had a whole bunch of uh, sexy mm. actors uh, taking their clothes off and and uh, prancing around in the water. One of whom was the, the body, yeah, as she was known, Elle McPherson. And so we all went to see this, and I just remembered it because um, I told my parents I was going to see the movie North with Bruce Willis. Yeah, Rob Reiner plays, plays a big a big bunny, and the guy Elijah Wood. The, the guy is does he sue his parents or divorce his parents? Yeah, which actually for me not a good movie. No, I would find that way nightmare. too tough and traumatic. 
guy divorced his parents, but I told them I was going to go and see it. And I think they knew because when I came back, they were like, how was North? And I just invented a whole film in front of them. I just started telling them about this film. What was it? Oh, what was your like, version of North? Well, I'd read enough about it. So it's like, and then, like, I, and I just, like, I told them all the bits from the trailer that right. I remember from the trailer. And then just <laughs> other things of, like, you know, uh, like, I, I, I wish I could remember more details. But I just remember, like, really working to, to tell this, this movie. And as a result, The Guilt, I've never seen North. Right. I think it would, like, I love Rob Reiner. Yeah. I think I, I, I would enjoy it. But it's always there in my head as a film I can never see. I love that your mum and dad were probably just like, no, we just asked, was it good? Yeah, and you'd done a twenty-minute presentation. What, there was there was a rabbit, and like there was no no one was naked in it, and like you know, <laughs> there was no the body bodies. There's nobody. It's a rabbit. The body was covered by a rabbit suit. <laughs> um, Sirens, yeah. yes, very formative. Yeah. What uh, there's a sub question, which is troubling bonus, worrying why dogs. Is there a film that worked on you in a way, and you thought I oh, probably shouldn't have? Yeah, I I, I had like again. When uh, Channel 4 used to show films late at night, I'd always yeah. tape them, largely because I liked films and they would show interesting things. I say largely because, but they also often have naked people in them as well. Yeah. So I would ta- like, I'd go to bed, I'd set a video record of whatever film was on Channel 4 on Friday night. I would uh, wake up in the morning, I'd do my paper round, I'd come back and I'd watch it before my parents woke up. You had a paper round as well. I mean, your life is... I can't wait. My life is very... I'm, I'm a basic bitch. There's nothing. It's fascinating. Paper round. That was a very... Yeah, but you, you've done all the things that are like sort of dream jobs when you're little. I think like paper round, video shop, cinema, comedian. I mean, that's the progression. That's pretty much, yeah. yeah. Oh, and teacher. I mean, that's the bit that... Yeah, that's a bit of a blip there. Yeah. Anyway, carry on, please. And I remember watching a film that was called... It's a Stephen Polyakov movie, which is like classic late night Channel 4, yeah. called Close My Eyes. Right. Is it called Close My Eyes? Alan Rickman, Clive Owen, Saskia Reeves... Um, and it's about a brother and sister who are estranged, but then they get back together and they get it on a bunch of times. And I remember finding that film very sexy. And again, this ties in with issues about family, but like I, I can assure you now, no desire to have sex with anyone other than Saskia Reeve in that movie, I think. But it was I found that quite a, like, weirdly, yeah. like, why is this doing it for me? But then you look at, like... Um, rewind. Uh, you look rewind. At, like, let, me, let me work it out. <laughs> I'll have a look at it one more time. Yeah. I haven't quite cracked it. Yeah, but then you look at like uh, um, uh, and it, the thing is, it wasn't trying to be a sexy film. Yeah, there were sex scenes in it, but it, like the sex scenes were troubling sex scenes. Mm. They're not. They're not. It's not shot in an in, in an erotic way right. in my memory, and it's like it's sad and it's like they they're, they're both really in turmoil about the, the attraction they feel for each other. Yeah. But then I think when you're a certain age, you just see someone with their clothes off. Yeah, and you, you know. Can't really follow the story just, anymore. Just you know, you're just looking at like you know Saskia Reed with her clothes off and Clive Owen with his knob out, and you go, <laughs> "This is." I don't know what it is, but I want to be involved again. <laughs> just uh, naked people are exciting. They really are, but they have to have something on. Just wondering about you outside. Have to have something on. I think if you saw two naked people walking outside, yeah, but outside is like, a different well, thing. If, if a naked person walked in now, I'd find that exciting. Yes, that's I think true. if I saw them walking on the street outside, I'd find that worrying. It's context, isn't it? It's context. I think as well, if I saw them walking, two naked people walking on the street outside, I think they were like hippie ramblers. Mm. And, you know, God love them. And that's, you know, you not live, for live, you. live the life you want to live. But that's, that's not for me. Live the life you want to live, but I judge you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. What is the film... That has the most meaning to you, not necessarily because the film is that great, 
but because of what happened around seeing that film. It might have been a first date, might have been the day someone died. It's just you always have a memory of an event that goes with this film. It's funny you say the day someone died because I wasn't going to answer this and it's because it's, it's, it's not the answer. But uh, I, I just remembered now that on uh, on seven seven hmm. uh, I was in school. The kids weren't. It was like an inset day. The kids weren't, and I. It was a really stressful day because none of us knew. Like we were you were to, teaching. We was, I was right, teaching. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it would have been right at the end of term, wouldn't it? Have been because it was July, um, and none of the. Uh, like we, none of us knew how to get home, and obviously right. this is pre kind of like everyone having stuff on their phones where you can yeah. find out. So there's like people getting texts about oh someone's someone's been shot at Canary Wharf, and we we're teaching in East London, so it's right by Canary Wharf, right. and it's very scary. Um, and I remember coming home that day, and my housemate had also had a really, like had been at work, yeah, and we, we were just so stressed out that we watched uh, Anchorman. <laughs> it's like we snapped back pretty quick from seven seven, didn't we? You know, I, I know London's supposed to be resilient, but <laughs> couldn't we have at least had a night where we sat and sort of you know, drank tea together and talked about how lucky we are to be alive yeah. and how that we will not be cowed. And Anchorman's a bit. Well, but you know, it, arguably, isn't that why these things exist? I suppose that's true. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. But I don't feel I don't feel great don't about, feel it. about it. Um, what was um, your answer going to be? Uh, well, I, I think this is, film has got a significance because it's a lesson I think I I'm I'm still only just learning. Yeah. So, I got engaged to my now wife on uh, Christmas. Oh, sorry, on, uh, New Year's Eve yeah. in Paris, and on, oh, on midnight. Oh wow! And then the next day, we walked down the uh, the Boulevard Saint Germain or something like that. Romantic, anyway. Mm-hmm. Strolling down the boulevard on New Year's Day, but not realizing that everything was going to be closed. Like right. all the cafes, all the bars, everything's closed on New Year's Day. It's just a, it's a big holiday for um, in France that nothing is nothing is open, um, apart from there was a cinema that was open, and we were like, oh, great if they're showing a film, even if it's subtitles or whatever, we'll you know we'll we'll go and, we'll go and watch it. And uh, so I said, I went in and I said, Are you showing any films in English? And they said, yes, we're showing one film in English, and it starts in five minutes. I was like, absolutely fantastic. Here we go. First film of engaged life. What's the film? It's Shame. <laughs> so we went and watched Shame. That's incredible. So like we got engaged at midnight. By one o'clock the next day, we're watching Shame. <laughs> Start as you mean to go. Absolutely. On. And it was only like years later. I think it's such a pivotal film for me. It's yeah. one I've got to remember. It was years later that like Charlie said to me, it was romantic and you you bought a ring and everything. Yeah. But I booked the restaurant for New Year's, you know. Mm. I had planned that we'd go to Paris. That wasn't your plan. Right. Um, you just, you co-opted it to make it romantic. And so then you become this guy who's like, oh, I yeah. got engaged in Paris, you know. The, and uh, she also then said, uh, and you had nothing planned the next day. And I was like, oh, yeah, I had nothing. And I think that's actually like, God. I sort of like I. You've in, got double I, I, double shame. In, I had the double double shame. Yeah, uh, in my head I was like, "Well, getting engaged is the thing that I've planned." But mm. actually, that's getting engaged isn't. It's a, It's symbolic. Yeah, buying the ring is is almost not like you could do it. We could do it with anything. It's what it represents, and what you're trying to say by getting engaged is, "I'm not a total fuck up." <laughs> Give me your time. Share your life yeah. with me, and I will be. 
I will be good to you and I'll, I will... And as long as you schedule everything, I'll be there. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and I think there was a part of me that thought that's what, you know, like, oh, I'm always there, you know. <laughs> I'm all, I always show up. You book all the cool stuff. I'll exactly, yeah. I'm always showing up, you yeah. know, with my, and I've, my clothes are washed and I know how to cook three meals. So I'm clearly much Pretty more, good. much more grown up than a lot of the other, you know, um, man boys that uh, I hang out with who do comedy. Um, but it was one of those things that you, that made like, and it was only really, really recently. Yeah. We've been married for five years. Really recently, I was like, oh yeah, it's not, it's it's not <laughs> the the thing. It's what it is. Mm. Does that make sense? It's not the thing. It's what it represents. Yeah, and actually. You've got to you've got to show up. You've got to not just show up. You've got to show up. Did and I, you, and yeah. I think shame is a. I couldn't have been more perfect. But the fact that I was sat there and I was like, "Yeah, this is all right, isn't it? This is good." And then like, Charlie must have been looking at me, going, "What the? You know, what have I done?" <laughs> Did you drop to your knee at midnight? Did you go ten, nine, eight, seven, and then you were on your knee? Uh, at midnight, they do this thing where everybody uh, they they turn the lights out in the uh in the place you're in like right. if you're in a bar or a restaurant we're in, we're in a little um brasserie and they turn the lights down and i hadn't planned to do it at midnight i just planned to do it at okay. some point during the the, the paris trip um, but i had the ring on me yeah. and uh so i thought well midnight would be good they dropped the lights and they started ding ding dinging the glasses yeah. so i just pushed the ring across the table and said will you marry me and it was, it was there was candles yeah. on the table so you could but again when you go oh that's really romantic yeah. Bear in mind that none of it was planned. All I'd done is bought a ring, like, just before we went away on a holiday that she planned. Were you stressed all holiday? I think, oh, fucking, yeah, when are I doing this yeah. fucking ring? Also, like, like the, the, the funny side of it was, like, I knew I was going to do it at some point, And it yeah. got to New Year's Eve, and I thought, well, do it on New Year's Eve, because that's, that's, a, that's a date we'll remember. <laughs> date I'm not going to forget. It's a date I'm not going to forget. I know, it's one day before the release, shame at the cinema, so always going to remember that. Um... <laughs> So, so I, I, um, so and, and Charlie was like in the bath. We're getting ready to go out for dinner. We're going to go for a bar hopping, and then we're going to go to this uh, brasserie. And she says, "Do you want to drink the entire mini bar?" And I go, uh, "No." And she's like, "What?" And I was like, "No." She's like, "Let's just drink the entire mini bar." And I was like, "Oh, thank you." And that was like the level. She was like, "She was like, I knew something was up because that is so such an unmatthew response." To be like, because normally when I arrive in a hotel, you know, that's my first response. Is do you want to drink the entire minibar? And she's like, well, no, because the wedding starts in half an hour. We really need to do, we need to be there. Um, so she she clocked that I was stressed, and I, you know, like I'm I'm painting it to be like I'm such a t- terrible person, and she's, you know, we she likes me, we we, no, get, we, we get on, but it's one of those things that I just wish, like, if I could go back again, I would change, I would change so many different things. But what? Because she booked everything. What would you have done? Well, I would have done it on, on. I would have booked a different thing. Right. It wasn't like that. Ha- it wasn't like it had to happen then. Right. Okay. You know, <laughs> like I'd booked holidays before and not in, not got engaged. Not proposed, right. So you can't yeah. book a holiday. I can. Book I a, want that on the record. You can't book a can holiday. Book a holiday. <laughs> um, but also as well, like you know, the things you realise within. I think the thing I think we've realised within the relationship is that we've got we've got our skill set. You know, you're there. I am. She does the stuff. She may have booked the holiday, but I've printed out all the details, and they're in a little plastic envelope. And I'm going to have that in my bag with the passports. You know, that's it's, excellent. You don't want, you know, you don't want two pairs of hands. No, you want hands and foots. <laughs> Fantastic answer. Uh, what is the film you relate to the most? This is a tricky one yeah. for me because. Um, 
I was thinking the first film I saw when I thought, oh, that's the sort of person I would like to be, is another one of these Wayne's World movies, right. which is Rushmore. Oh, because right, yeah. Because I was, I was a lot like that at school. Like, I would always put on plays, and I'd put on these big shows, and yeah. I was failing every class. Right. You know, so I was a terrible student. And I was at a good school. I was at a grammar school in Orpington, St. Olaf's, and uh, it's where Nish Kumar... Uh, really? Uh, you know went, each other? Yeah, we knew each other. We did a play together. We did Waiting for Godot together. No With, with uh, another comic, Jerry Howell, who I believe no, you've been yes. in a play oh, with. I love Jerry. So you know Jerry. I love Nish as well, for the record, then. but you all know that. Yes. They're, they're, all, wow. they're, they're all good people. But yeah, yeah. so I was... Um, and I would put on these big shows, like big review shows, and I'd write sketch shows, and I would do uh, like that kind of so, like in the way that um, Max in, in Rushmore would put on plays. Mm. But I was useless I, academically. I got increasingly worse academically. I got I, I got in at the right time. I peaked at ten, which is the age you take the exam, or right. eleven, whatever it is, okay. ten or eleven. You take basically like an eleven plus exam, and I peaked then. Got into the grammar school, and then just flunked for years. To right. the point when they were when it got to sixth form and all my mates I hung out with got kicked out and I hung by a thread. I'm sure yeah. my parents, I think my parents had to go in and go, please don't kick him out of the school. Yeah. He'll try harder. And I did and got, I'll you do know. do better plays, I promise. But this is it. Like, I loved doing that. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, it's a terrible, le- like, a terrible lesson because that's what I now do for a living. So, I, like, you know, yeah. if, I, if I ever become a parent, I can't say to my kids, you know, I, I messed around at school and... Yeah. The very thing I did messing around is now the thing I get paid money. Like, it's, there's no lesson there. Yeah. No lesson to be learned. But I, I remember watching Rushmore and going, oh, God, that's like me. I'm like that kid. Mm. Like, I saw myself as very smart, but in all the wrong ways, you know. Like, I'm obviously intelligent, but not in a book smart kind of way. And it's like, <laughs> well, what, what way are you? Because you're not street smart. <laughs> you're not doing a sort of sharks and jets clicking down the street with a chain in your pocket. <laughs> so I don't know what smart I thought I was. Yeah. Um, but but then you watch the film later uh, again, and you go, oh, he's not supposed to be the like he's a hero, but yeah. he's supposed to be a total goof. Mm, yeah, but you maybe also... I'm teaching you that, that these guys are not supposed to be. Like, yeah, he's... I mean, but a very I mean a very lovable kind of yeah. slightly well meaning, slightly well meaning. He's a bit you know. I can he's see a bit this. Insane. That's a great answer. Thank you. I enjoyed uh, giving it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I see you as that. What is the film that objectively you think is the greatest film of all time? It might not be your favourite, but aliens come, they go, what is cinema? You've got one film to show us, what is it? Oh, that is a really hard question. I think now, I, 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 like for me, yeah. one of the best films of all time, and I think this is, yeah, this is what I'm going to go for, Paddington 2. Excellent answer, and I think I a lot of people will agree with you. I don't think it puts a foot wrong. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's a film that I, uh, I've, I saw twice in the cinema. Yeah. Uh, once I went with my wife, and the second time I went again with my wife and our little niece. And it gets every every bit right. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's that starts with a brilliant script. It's an amazing script. And it, it's exactly how I like my comedy or my films in general to feel where little things that you don't quite know why you're hearing about them, but feel very funny and, and earn their yeah. place, then pay off All at pay the off. end. Yeah. Um, and I also think it might be Hugh Grant's best movie. I mean, he's, I think Hugh Grant is a, is he's fucking he's brilliant, so brilliant in yeah. so many things. I think, you know, 
he's he is kind of underrated. Yeah, because he's, a he's sort of seen actor. as a sort of like he's seen as a sort of floppy haired posho, but he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant actor yeah. and can do uh, uh, comedy and and drama. And that character in uh, you know with, with a less the character of a sort of a sort of frustrated old ham. Yeah. Could with, with a lesser actor be a really cheesy role, but he brings so much humanity to it that you really—he's the baddie, but you get yeah. why he's the baddie, and you get why he feels this way, and you want you know. And there is eventually no no spoilers, but there's, there's some redemption for him yeah. in the movie. You you don't feel like oh they just have to do it because it's a happy ending for a kids film. You're like oh, I'm glad I'm glad things have worked out for him. It's just got so many brilliant. It's got weird comedy in it, and it's got. Great slapstick and the CGI, which I normally hate, mm. is used so brilliantly sparingly that you don't really notice after a couple of minutes that it's yeah. a, a CGI bear. And it's got a message. It's got a really lovely message. And I think people of any age could watch it mm. and they, they'd love it. And you don't need to have seen the first one, which is also brilliant. Yeah. But it's really... And the ending is an absolute killer. I know. It's... as a wreck. It's it yeah it makes it makes you cry it makes you yeah. laugh it makes you cry it makes you feel something, and I, I I love it and I think yeah there should be more more films like that and also I think Britain doesn't necessarily do like I, I guess Ardman is the other another good example of like we make we make these incredibly there should be yeah. more smart films for kids we should be making more of them because they're they're not for kids they're for families they're for you know they're for everyone. Do you love a family? I do love a family. <laughs> family is important, guys. Such a great guy. Uh, what is the one film that you could or have watched the most over and over again? Well, can I talk about this? Because I, I know this this is a film that comes up a lot. But uh, when I was a kid, I loved Ghostbusters. Everyone loved okay. Ghostbusters. Yeah. But I had it taped off the telly. Right. And so I've, I've only seen the proper Ghostbusters once. Oh, wow. I've seen the telly like edited version back when they used to like really take the swears out and redub it yeah and you know different voices and whole scenes taken out and i loved it and i i I watched it every single day i would come home from school i would watch it every single day i loved it uh i just thought the ghostbusters was the greatest thing ever i'm not alone in that but then i went to a friend's birthday party like we've got ghostbusters like (laughs) every (laughs) single line and i started saying lines along with it and not knowing the lines like you know, when it when they come out of the the dining hall after they've trashed the bank, yeah. as we came, we saw we kicked it out of here. He doesn't say that. He says we came, we saw we kicked his ass. And I was like, ass. This film is a rude film. I'm not allowed to watch this film. There's a scene where kicked it they, out of here. We came, we saw, we kicked it out of here. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a scene when uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd falls out of bed because he's just tired. He's not tired. He's getting a blowjob from a ghost. Mm. That whole like. There's just a scene where he falls out of bed because he's working so hard. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it, it's, so like the film I've seen the most is a film that doesn't, shouldn't exist. That's amazing. It was awful watching it. And I felt, and I've never watched it since. I've never watched it all the way through. I've got it on DVD, but I've never watched the. Did you feel betrayed by the real version? The <laughs> I naughty? didn't like it as much. Yeah. Because I just, like, I knew it, I knew the crap version so well. The version where Peter Venkman's voice would occasionally change to the voice of a British person. <laughs> and say, Frig or freak or whatever. Me, me kicked it out of here. Me kicked it out of here. <laughs> Great, lovely answer. What? I don't like to be negative. Let's do it quickly. What's the worst film you've ever seen? Well, I saw Eat, Pray, Love at the cinema. Ooh. Oh, boy. Yeah. Back in the day... How did that come about? Back in the day when, when my wife and I first started to 
to go out with each other. In fact, the first kind of few years of our relationship, yeah. like a lot of our relationship was built on just going to see everything at the pictures. Yeah. But bear in mind, when I say everything, I don't really watch action films. Right. Why is that? Um, Not for you. Never, been, never been into them. Not really okay. into films with explosions and guns. I find them quite boring. Car chases, find them quite boring. So there's, like, there's, there's like great gaps in my knowledge. For a right. film studies uh, student, yeah. I've never seen a Rocky. I've only recently... Wow. Saw, I saw Creed, the most recent Creed. That was the first right, Rocky right. I loved it. It was yeah. fantastic. Um, but I've never seen Rambo. I've never seen... I tried to watch Die Hard a few times. And I've never seen any of them, really. I've tried to watch the first one a couple of times. Always got, kind of got bored and wow. quit. Never seen A Lethal Weapon. <gasps> never seen any of, like, The Predator. Um, I've seen Terminator, but I've... You know, so there's, like, big yeah. gaps uh, of, of films I didn't watch. And I think Charlie's kind of similar to that. We don't, you know, like, we don't get excited when the new Bond comes out. But he's but, but, we will, but then Eat, Pray, Love. What were we thinking? But we... So we, we end up going to see loads of films like... Um, Films like uh, Quartet. Oh, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, okay. Like, so, like, oh, like, I love a, like, I love a Grey Pound movie. Right. You know, one of yeah. those kind of films where it's about someone who's got divorced and has learned to love again. Like yeah. that's, that's the kind of film. Opening a hotel somewhere awkward. Exactly, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, so, but, but as a result, we just went and saw all of the films that we thought we could both put up with. Right. And um, we went to see Eat, Pray, Love in the <laughs> cinema and l- Lord above, what a film. I just, I like, what's the message? Mm. I just can't, you know, she's just like, the the, 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 the bit that I realised that I'm not on the right side, again, of not knowing who the goody or the baddie yeah. is, I'm not on the right side of this movie, was when her husband, who seems fun, right? Yeah. Her husband, Billy Crudup, uh, he who seems, I love. who's great, great. he's really great. Yeah. He says, I really feel like I'd like to go back to school and get some mm. adult education. And I know what they're saying is he's a waster, right? He's not. He's aimless. He's not doing anything in life. Yeah. But if you're, if you're, the way you show your character is a waster is by them enrolling in a further education course. Yeah. I'm not on your side. I'm so sorry. No matter what an arsehole he was, he's still trying to better himself. Yeah. And she's like, oh, actually, what I think I'll do is I'll go and eat pasta till I can't fit into <laughs> my jeans, which are already size minus three. You know, like I just, I, I couldn't, like I, I couldn't believe it. And, and again. I appreciate it's not for me, yeah. you know. Like I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, you know, this bloody chick flick, bloody yeah. rubbish. Because I do enjoy, you know, I can understand the experience of someone else. I hope I've got that level <laughs> of empathy. But I just I found her such an objectionable character. Yeah. The problem was it was two selfish people married. To, that's the reason her marriage broke down. Not because she was a saint and he was selfish. Yeah. Because they were both selfish and there was no compromise. No one was cooking the pasta. They were both eating it. Exactly. Yeah. But. I kind of loved it because as soon as you both go like yeah. nothing worse than being in a, in a film where one person's loving it and another oh, person's yeah. hating it that's that's awful yeah. it's really awkward but we were both hating it and therefore we could just you know and there was hardly anyone in the cinema right. and most people in the cinema weren't enjoying it either so it didn't matter that we were you know chatting at a reasonable volume I'm still mm, I'm not a monster okay. but I, so yeah I couldn't I'm, I'm not sure why we did it but I'm glad we did that's, 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 that's fun isn't it to yeah. go see a film that you can kind of I don't like the term hate watch because we didn't go... You went in with good intentions. We went, went in going, who knows? Yeah. You know, the book was very out. successful. Yeah. You know, I like eating. You know, we, Billy Crudup's in it. Billy Crudup's in it. I, you know, I like loving. I don't pray as often as I should do, but, you know. Yeah. So, um... It's ticking all the boxes. It's no, ticking. It doesn't look like it's going to have explosions in it. It doesn't look like it's going to be a car chase no, at any point no or someone's going to walk away from a building exploding and, you know, I think it's going to be for me. And, uh... 
in a way it was. <laughs> <laughs> what is the film that made you laugh the most? You're a comedian. You like comedy. What's the best comedy film? What is the best comedy film? Or, well, see, sometimes I think about this and I think, I, I think the question is, what's the film that made you laugh the most? Because it might not, you know, I think maybe Life of Brian is right up there as one of the great comedy films, but it don't make me laugh. Yeah, yeah, Life, Life of Brian. I mean, I think Holy Grail does make me laugh a lot. But I think the film, the, the film that really makes me laugh is Caddyshack. It's another... Right. It's another Chevy Chase movie. Another I just think Chevy Chase. I just think he's absolutely brilliant. And also, when you find out how that movie was made, which, and the answer is cocaine um <laughs> you go they, 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 there's a there's a sort of slightly dodgy biopic of the guy who um um who uh wrote it yeah who was the head of the harvard Lamp- lampoon called a stupid yes. and futile gesture that's on netflix yes. directed by david wayne who is great yeah. and uh it's not it's not a flawless movie but it's a brilliant story but they were just high out of their minds and basically going like okay so in this scene it's bill murray and chevy chase and they're going to wander around uh, a flat, and that's it. You know, they wander around a shack and just just do it. And they did it, and, it's, and that's what I love. It's like it's got that it's got that brilliant thing of like wonderful improvised scenes and jokes that you wouldn't be able to get by in a script. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think that's the th- the moments I love where I don't don't know where they come from. They have to come from them saying, "Oh, Bill, we need a scene where you mm. um you uh, commentate on playing uh, golf." Against some flowers, you know, it's uh, that, that whole scene, the Cinderella. Do you, do you know? Do you know Caddyshack? I haven't seen. I've seen it once uh, many years ago, and I don't remember a lot about it it's other than Gopher. It's fantastic, right. and the Gopher looks terrible. Yeah, and uh, but like it's got Rodney Dangerfield, who's amazing. Yes. it's got Bill Murray, it's got Chevy Chase, all incredible, phenomenal comedians, kind of at the height of their powers, and they don't. The plot's incidental. Yeah. And I, I just love it. And it just makes me laugh. And it's so, it's so silly. It's so stupid. And it makes you realise that all of these things that you think, oh, well, what about, like, this character says this thing in this scene and then does this other. It doesn't matter. Have characters show up for two scenes and disappear. No one cares if it's making you laugh. Yeah, that's You true. can run logic combs over stuff and go, oh, why have they said that? And aren't they likeable? And all that kind of stuff. But just, are they funny? Is the main thing for a comedy film. And it's, a tr- it's the trouble as well with a lot of, like, modern comedies now where you get to the third act mm. and they go, we've got to tie up all these loose ends we've started. And then it becomes a boring, you know, like I really, I watched uh, the first 21 Jump Street. Yeah. And it's so funny. It's, it's really so great, brilliant. Yeah. It's so full of comedy. And then the, the the last third of it, they're just going, well, we've got to tie up the plot and make it's it. an action into, film. It's an action film. And I, I just, I'm just, I switch off. It's not a sticky prey lover. But it's not a good action film. Like yeah. it's not a quality action film. It's a naff action film when it used to be a comedy. Mm. Why would you suddenly switch genres halfway through? Interesting, but um, but yeah. So I like I like that Kelly Shack. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch it again. Uh, you should do. Yeah, it's good. Okay, Matthew. Yes, you've been genuinely excellent. This has been as, as good as I hoped. I oh, thank you. I've had, a, I've had such a nice time. However, oh dear, when you were laughing at the story of the man whacking, wangling his dick about and he fell out the window. Yes, and then you fell out the window. Yeah, onto. Quite weirdly placed spikes that two went into your eye and one went for your ear, which I still can't get my head around. I've got it was quite like sticky a out ears. Square sort of spike. I don't know how your fence is up, but anyway, and you died. No one saw, luckily. No one saw, and I was traumatised. But we did then find your body, which uh, was a right out state because these spikes 
quite big yeah, and they actually nice. like although they both went through your eyes they just took out the whole head there's bits of you splattered on the window Cosmo's been chewing on a bit of it oh, there's like good old Cosmo uh, and we can't get the we can't get the spikes out we have to saw off with one of them oh you know no. we're sawing off the spikes so anyway when we finally get all the bits of you and the spikes that are really embedded in your your ear and eyes put you in the coffin and it's weird it's kind of weird because there's so much stuff in these spikes taking up room. We keep sawing them down, but we can't get fully down. Anyway, the point is, you're coughing, it's absolutely rammed. It's chock-a-block. It's chock-a-block, And I'm surprised we're going open casket. <laughs> I'd say... It was I'd your wife's with, choice. I'd say with the spike death, uh, yeah, I'd, no, I'd go close casket. Insisted. But, you know, she loves me however I am. Yeah. That's true love, isn't it? That is. Even spiked. Uh, and she was annoyed that she had to organise the funeral as per. <laughs> but anyway, she, you're in the coffin. There's oh, only room no. for one DVD, and that, that you can we can stiff, stuff it in the side, just between my knees, for you to take to the other side. And on the other side, there's movie night every night, and one night it's your movie night. What film are you showing? What are you taking with? I'm going to take Igby Goes Down. Are you? Yes, and I'll tell you for why. Go on. I've moved house four times. <laughs> I've had it in its cellophane wrapper. I've taken it with me everywhere. So the ultimate moving house is dying, right? Yeah. It's got to be Igby Goes Down. No idea what it's about. <laughs> Don't know who's in it. I think one of the Culkins, possibly Kieran. Yeah, Culkin it... in it. Kieran Culkin's uh, in it. Sigourney Weaver? You tell also me, mate. I've, I've not seen it. Right. Still in its wrapper. But I've moved. Every time I move, I go, you know what? Next house I live in, that's going to be the Igby, Igby Goes Down house. That's going to be the house where I watch Igby Goes Down. And... Um, it never is. <laughs> you haven't found so, the right house yet. Never found the right house. So I've got it. I've got a copy of it. Uh, and uh, yeah, pop it in there. That's fantastic. I tell you what, give me, a, give me a fighting chance, because I believe death is the end. Yeah. Unwrap it for me, would you? All right, mate. Unwrap the cellophane. Do Don't take it out of the, the player. Pop it between my knees. What's great about this is basically your movie night is the surprise film, because your intro is, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. I can't tell you anything about it. I'll read you the back if you like. No spoilers, let's just see it. Also as well, if you're doing movie night in heaven, yeah. you're watching Shawshank a lot of times, aren't you? Exactly. They'll be delighted. So many people are bringing They'll it. be delighted. Yeah, no, when you one bring has it. no one's bringing Igby Goes in Down. In any context, Igby Goes Down. <laughs> I tell you, Kieran Culkin's died. He's next to me. It's He's not, not bringing Igby Goes Down. He forgot he was in it. He forgets, oh, this is a blast from my past. <laughs> he said, I didn't even watch it. Has it How has it shown up here? How did you get out the cellophane? Well, that's a brilliant answer. Thanks. Matthew Crosby, is there anything you would like to plug or say to people to look out for? Well, I'd just like to say, firstly, I've used the little ball for the entirety. Yeah, and how's your feet feel? My feet feel, honestly, I feel like I'm walking on a cloud. Um, <laughs> my feet have never felt better. So, firstly, I don't know where you got this from. I, I assume you can get them from, uh, get them online. Yeah. Um, from some sort of uh, health and fitness type uh, emporium. Definitely get yourself a small red ball with little spikes because... You know what? Very relaxing on the sole of the foot. You think it's going to be painful. It really yeah. isn't. I've been doing this for a couple of hours now and I really feel, I feel anew. Great. Um, uh, secondly, if you like podcasts, which I know you do because you're listening to this one and you're listening all the way to the end, please listen to um, my podcast, uh, which I do with Pappies, which is called Flat Share Slamdown, uh, which you can get from wherever you get podcasts. And there's even an episode with Brett Goldstein on it. That's right, where I do a rap. You do do a rap as well. So if you like him talking, imagine that speeded up with a little beat behind it. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, so please, please do listen to that. Uh, Matthew. Oh. 
Here we go. Just holding hands and saying goodbye. Good luck on the other side. Thank you so much. And um, you've been wonderful. It's and, been really fun. And, and if you can send a message, I tell you what, in, a, in about a week, yes. I'm going to get a Ouija board out, I'm going to get some people around. We're going to get the thing around, and I'm going to put W H A T blah 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 blah. What is Igby Guys Town like? Great. And if you could answer, can I just ask, are there stars on a Ouija board? I'll just go to. I'll, yeah. just go, I'll just do a star rating straight away. Fantastic. I reckon it's got a solid two stars written all over it. <laughs> Thank you very much, and good night. Good night. Good night. So that was episode 31. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you can find a full extra 20 minutes more chat with Matthew and any other treats that might be there and you'll be helping to support the show. If you do enjoy the show, please subscribe and give it five stars and a nice review for the simple reason that it's supposed to help the numbers, means more people hear it, I can keep making it, you can keep listening to it, we can keep doing this until the internet explodes or the world ends or whatever happens and we're all dead anyway. Thank you so much to Matthew for doing this episode and for holding my hand. It was really moving. Thank you to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. And thank you all for listening. See you next week for a brilliant episode with Athena Kublenu. But in the meantime, have a nice week and please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name, Maureen. Yeah, thank you.